It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I hope you had a great weekend. Welcome in. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. A little under the weather today. You can probably tell by the nasal tone of my voice. Went to a wedding Friday night. Maybe it's allergies. Outdoor wedding. Um... And I've been feeling bad ever since. Maybe it was a super spreader. I don't know. Jim, Lou, you might want to stay on the other side of the glass today. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got the door closed, so then I've got my mask on. Between so. uh, me and the fruit flies, <laughs> you got to keep the doors closed in here today. I think we're going to walk out with something by the end of the week. It is Monday, August 15th. We are uh, 19 days away from Louisville and Kentucky football. We're 18 days away from Indiana football, 17 days away from Purdue football, and I guess, I don't know, Jim, I know, 11 days away from Illinois football? Well, that sound? August 27th. Yeah, so. whatever. That, uh, 12 days. All right. <laughs> M&M Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450. 384-1450 if you'd like to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget it's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Awards member will win $10,000. That happens all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Two steps. Open your Refreshing Awards app. Click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. That's it. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, Bud Light 12-packs, hot dogs, large Doritos, many more using your Refreshing Awards card. That is Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, become one today. Text REWARDS to 80313. And don't forget, you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. A lot to get to on this Monday. I visited my favorite spot in the universe, the sports book, and I have before me the over-unders for college football for this season. I've got one for you. It's not a local school, but as I perused over these things this weekend, I found one that I really, really, really like. Now, you should probably bet it the other way since I really, really, really like it. We're going to get back to the uh, six-pack coming up soon, where I'll give you six winners over the weekend, whether uh, it's NFL starts, you'll get three college and three NFL games. Before that, you'll get six college games. So we'll get the six-pack going again. But I really, really, really like this over-under. And as I say all the time, my track record precedes me. You should bet against me. You should always bet against me. You want to make money, bet against me. It's really that simple. Because I'm going to tell you who I really like, and who I really like over the years has not won. It hasn't been good for me. That is a public service announcement. Gamble at your own risk. We take no responsibility here at the Big X for your gambling losses. But uh, AP Top 25... Should be coming out as we speak. Noon is the time it was supposed to come out. So I'm going to keep the Twitter machine on high alert here. It's out. Here it is. All right. Breaking news. Top 25 is out. Now, we had the coaches poll about a week ago. The USA Today coaches poll. Uh, Top five is no different. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame. There's your top five. Texas A&M 6, 
Utah, seventh. Boy, they love Utah this year. Michigan is eighth. Oklahoma, ninth. Baylor is tenth. As I scroll and try to find this uh, on the on the run here, on the fly, I'm trying to figure out where Kentucky is. Um, let's see. Here we go. If Kentucky's there. They were 23rd, 21st, I believe, in the USA Today coaches poll. They are 20th in the first AP poll of the season. Eight points ahead of Ole Miss and 16 points behind Arkansas. So a lot of SEC flavor there in that section of the AP Top 25. From 11 to 15, it's Oregon, Oklahoma State, North Carolina State, USC, Michigan. 16 to 20, Miami, Pitt, Wisconsin, Arkansas, Kentucky. And the top 25 is rounded out with Ole Miss, Wake Forest, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU, Brigham Young University. One of those schools I just mentioned in that top 25 is my pick of the year in the over-unders. It's my pick of the year. I don't give out many picks of the year, uh, but there you go. There's one. There's going to be one coming up later in the show. All right, Kentucky basketball. It was a good weekend. It wasn't a great weekend. Started out as a great weekend. You're clubbing teams over in the Bahamas, and then Cal opens his mouth and inserts his foot. And all of a sudden, the focus is taken off the preseason football uh, picks and and practices and camp and all of that, and Mark Stoops, how good is this team going to be? And the focus is taken off of the basketball team and how impressive they're, they've been and continue to be in the Bahamas. And we got to deal with this. Now, Cal did say something interesting yesterday before the game. Keith Farmer, and I want to give him credit, from uh, Lexington, former WLKY here in Louisville, but uh, for, uh, in Lexington, television reporter, asked him about the controversy, and he basically said, Mark and I are fine. I said something I shouldn't have said. Uh, I do that at times. I'm not a smart man. So the Italian coming out in me, he gave a lot of excuses and said, Mark and I will talk when I get back and we'll be fine. And that's probably true. You know, that's probably true. At worst, they're going to act like they talked about it and they're all fine, and they should. But Mark Stoops was extremely honest in his press conference after practice on, I think it was Saturday, when he said, look, I'm going to defend my players. You can talk about anything you want to talk about, but don't talk about my team and don't talk about my team, this not being a football school because we've worked too hard and too long to get where we're at to not be respected. And he's right. He's right. I still say this is a positive for both teams. The basketball team has been now challenged by their coach. We lost to St. Peter's last year. That should be on every chalkboard at every pregame for Cal. Remember this. Oscar, Severe, Jacob, everybody who was here last year, remember this. Damian, Lance, we lost to St. Peter's in bold letters at the top of the chalkboard. We are a basketball school. That should be the next line. Because I said this the other day, and I know I saw Rick Bozich disagrees with me. Kentucky is a basketball school. That's okay. You pick one. Nobody is both. 
you can win a national championship in both sports in the same school year, and you're still one or the other. Michigan is a tremendously good and hot basketball program right now. They're They're great. They had the Fab Five back in the day, right? They've won championships in, in NCAA basketball, a championship in NCAA basketball. They're still a football school. They are. North Carolina was picked to win the ACC in football a couple of years ago. I don't care. They're still a basketball school. They are. That's what they are. Leonard Hamilton has done great things at Florida State in basketball. You know what the – the uh, you know what's attended more? Any Florida State basketball game or Florida State spring football game? Take a guess. Florida State is always going to be a football school. They're not even picked to win, to be in the top three of their of the Atlantic Division, the ACC. They're still a football school. It's okay that Kentucky is a basketball school. Always has been, always will be. Kentucky can have a magical football season anywhere along the line here. They they struck gold with quarterbacks in the past, whether it was Tim Couch, Andre Woodson doing great things, the late, great Jared Lorenzen, and now Will Levis. You struck gold with Will Levis last year, and you got him for another year. He didn't go pro. What if you do win the East? What if you beat Georgia? What if you do go to the SEC championship game? That's tremendous. Big Blue Nation would be ecstatic. The SEC championship game in Atlanta would be a sea of blue. It would. It doesn't matter if you're playing Alabama, Texas A&M. doesn't matter. Alabama will bring fans. A&M will bring fans. Kentucky would bring fans. It doesn't mean you're a football school. It's that simple. Look at the number of people. In this in the state of Kentucky, and I realize I'm in Indiana. I almost said this state. Look at the number of people in the state of Kentucky that watched four games in the Bahamas against inferior competition in the middle of August when football is three weeks away. It's a basketball school. And Big Blue Nation and John Calipari and Mark Stoops and Mitch Barnhart should be fine with that. It doesn't mean you can't have a tremendous football program. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means when push comes to shove, at the end of the day, basketball means more to Kentucky fan than football does. Always has, always will. And you can talk about football making more money than basketball. That's everywhere. That's everywhere. Possible exception, Duke. Maybe not at Duke. Even Kansas football brings in more money than Kansas basketball. Hard to believe, yes. But true, yes. Because of TV contracts, because of revenue sharing among conferences, football schools are going to, football is always going to make more money than basketball at almost every school, if not every school. It's just the way the revenue landscape is. Just because that program makes more money doesn't mean it's a football school. North Carolina is not a football school. 
Neither is Kansas. Neither is Duke. Neither is Syracuse. Neither is, I would say, UCLA. Neither is, um, let's see, I don't know, Louisville. Louisville's not a football school. You can have great years. You can have a, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, once in a lifetime guy, take you to new heights. Doesn't mean you're a football school. You're not. That's okay. Kentucky basketball was great Saturday again, one eighteen to fifty six over Carleton University. Uh, and I know they kept telling me how great Carleton was in Canada. It's a Canadian university that's won multiple, multiple championships, collegiate championships in the country of Canada. That's not ice hockey, all right. If you won a national, if you won sixteen national championships. In college, in Canada, in ice hockey, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. Right, eh? I'm impressed, Jim, eh? Eh? They, they did pretty good up there, eh? Yeah. When I, Bob and Doug McKenzie, the, uh, yeah. Keep the stick on the ice. Yeah, right. But basketball, I wasn't impressed before the game when I heard that, and I was less impressed after the game. 118 to 56. And then yesterday... And this happens every time they go to the Bahamas. They, In fact, they lost one time in game four. You play at 6 o'clock on Saturday night, Eastern time. The Bahamas is, you know, having dinner, sitting at home, watching the game. Maybe they're in the arena, but they're not playing. They're resting. And then you come back and play at noon on Sunday against a rested Bahamas team. You don't play as well. You're ready to go home. You've been there maybe a day or two too long. You've done all the water sports you can do. You've gone into the lazy river as many times as you can around the complex there at Bahamar. You're ready to go home. Kentucky did not play well yesterday. They led by one at halftime over the Bahamas national team. They won it 98-74. to So, you know, maybe a bit of a tongue lashing at halftime. I think Cal would have preferred that game ended up a three-point game. But, alas, Kentucky pulled away. Antonio Reeves had 23 on Saturday, 22 on Sunday. He was the MVP. And I want to give Tony Burke some credit here. Tony Burke said on this program Wednesday when I asked him, who are you most looking forward to seeing? Is it Jacob Toppin to see how much he's improved? Is it one of the freshmen, Livingston, Kaysen Wallace, one of those guys, C.J. Frederick coming off the injury? And Tony Burke said, I want to see Antonio Reeves. Because Antonio Reeves has a reputation as a scorer, not just a shooter, although he proved this week he was a great shooter. But he also has a mid-range game. He also has a floater game. He also has a a get-to-the-rim game. And if you weren't impressed by Antonio Reeves, the former Illinois State player, the transfer, I don't know what you want to see if you're Big Blue Nation. He was incredible. Severe Wheeler was good. Jacob Toppin was what we had heard he was going to be. He made some threes early in the tournament, in the exhibition tournament. He got to the rim. He and Damian Collins are going to give you highlight dunks all season long. And it appeared to me that the directive to Oscar Shibwe was, let's see what everybody else can do. Yes, I want you to get some rebounds. 
But as far as scoring, when you get a rebound, find a shooter. Find a shooter, whether it's a defensive rebound, offensive rebound. If you get a defensive rebound, get it to Wheeler or Wallace and let them run. And if you get an offensive rebound, the collapse will come, find a shooter. And he was great at it. He did it. He kind of got out of the way. Now, that's not what he's going to be asked to do in December and January and February. But in August in the Bahamas, let's see what else we got. So, impressive, yes. Overall, for three and a half games, very impressive performance. And if you're a Kentucky fan, if you're Big Blue Nation, you got to be excited about what you saw overall. You got to be excited. The freshmen were great, especially the two, you know, uh, Chris Livingston, Case, and Wallace. They were fantastic. Reeves was better than advertised. Toppin has gotten a lot better. Damian Collins has exponentially gotten better and more confident. Oscar's still Oscar. Severe is still severe. C.J. Frederick, who didn't play Sunday, they, you know, he's still recovering from the injury. He uh, shot a little bit, but he also made some plays getting, his ball to, getting the ball to his teammates. He was impressive. Adu Thero, early in the, in the exhibition series, was impressive. There's a lot of talent on that team. A lot of talent. It's a good thing they're a basketball school. I'll say that. All right, a lot to get to. AP Top 25 is out. College football news as well. I got those over-unders for all the local teams and everybody else, really. I got them right in front of me. We'll talk about that. NBA Christmas Day games were announced over the weekend. I know it's August. It's it's Christmas in August. All that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline open, 502-384-1450, 384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, Thornton's text line open as well. Get your text into the show at 502-414-1450. Are you tired of buying expensive sunglasses only to lose them, break them, or worse, you don't even wear them because you're scared to lose them or break them or get them dirty? Tell you about Shady Rays, an American-owned company started in Kentucky Shady Rays is changing the way you wear sunglasses. Shady Rays offers an industry-best combination of fit, style, performance without the big brand price tag. It doesn't stop at the quality. Shady Rays offers the most insane warranty in all of eyewear. The Every pair backed by lost and broken replacements. Lose them, break them, first day even. Get a new pair for free. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. I've donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shade. Feel good by making an impact. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is offering 25% off. You can try them out. See what they're all about. Use big code. Use the code BIGX, easy for me to say, at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. That code is BIGX at checkout. ShadyRays.com. All right. Um, Bats lose to Iowa yesterday 5-4. They'll be back on tomorrow night, back home tomorrow night after a two-week uh, road trip. The Bats will host Omaha tomorrow at uh, 7.05, pregame right here on the Big X tomorrow night, 6.35. Uh, 
The uh, by the way, Alabama got fifteen hundred and sixty-six points um, to be number one in the AP poll. Ohio State got fifteen hundred and six points. Bama got fifty-four first-place votes. The Buckeyes got six. The Georgia Bulldogs got the other three first-place votes. Uh, no more first-placed votes uh, on the radar here. Clemson is fourth and the first ACC team. Notre Dame fifth, Texas A&M, then the Pac-12 leader, Utah, is number seven. Michigan eight, Oklahoma nine, Baylor ten. As I mentioned, Kentucky comes in at number 20. All right, over-unders this season. I love them. I love playing a few of them. Locally, Kentucky is eight. Now, they started a month ago, they were eight and a half, but it's dropped to eight. And uh, as I look at the schedule, there are eight wins there. The question is, how can I get to nine? How can I get to nine? Um, Because inevitably, in Kentucky football, and this is not every team, but in Kentucky football, you always lose a game you're not supposed to lose, right? Whether it's a South Carolina one year or a Missouri one year, you're, you're playing great, things are going well, and ultimately you lose that one game that you didn't expect to lose. Now, you can also win games under the Mark Stoops regime that you weren't supposed to win. So as we look at the schedule for Kentucky, and Tony Burke and I will go over this Wednesday, and we will break down who we think uh, will win and lose each game for Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana, Purdue, and anybody else you want us. We'll do Illinois if Jim wants us to do Illinois. By the way, four and a half is the over-under for Illinois victories this year. Yikes. Indiana's four. Double yikes. They play each other September 2nd. So somebody's going to take a big step toward getting to those four or four and a half wins. <laughs> so Kentucky, you've got the, the the usual cast of teams you're going to beat. Miami, Youngstown State, Northern Illinois. Now, Miami is supposed to win their division in the MAC. Northern Illinois is supposed to win their division in the MAC. Both those teams are favored to have really good years. So would it surprise me if one of those two came into Lexington and beat Kentucky? Yes, it would still surprise me. Five years, eight years ago, it would not have surprised me at all. In fact, it happened. It, it has happened in the past. Youngstown State, always a good program, but guess what? Kentucky's going to beat them too. So there's three. You start your SEC season on the 10th of September in the swamp at Florida. Yikes. You have to go to Ole Miss. That's your second SEC game. Ole Miss, as I just mentioned, ranked one spot below you in the AP Top 25, and you're on the road against an Ole Miss team that, if I remember correctly, beat you last year in Lexington. So, Florida on the road, Ole Miss on the road, those are tough. Even though you're picked to finish second in the East ahead of Florida, those are tough. You can't lose October 8th at home against South Carolina, the first SEC home game. You can't lose the following week at home against Mississippi State. You got a week off then before you go to Tennessee on the 29th of October. That's going to be tough. Hunter Herndon or whatever his name is ran circles around the Cats in Lexington last year. Then you go to Missouri. That's the one that I look at and go, uh uh-oh. 
Because I think Kentucky can win at Florida. If they do, they should be 4-0 as they head to Ole Miss. They can probably win at Ole Miss. Probably won't win at Ole Miss, but they could win at Ole Miss. But the Missouri game sticks out because it's the last road game of the year. It's a week after you've gone to Knoxville. So if you beat Tennessee, then you better be on upset alert at Missouri. And if you get destroyed by Tennessee, now you're downtrodden. Your season's not going where you thought it was going to go. And all of a sudden, eh, we got to go to Columbia and play Missouri. It's a scary game if you're a Kentucky fan. Vanderbilt at home, you know you're going to win that. Georgia at home, you know you're going to lose that. Louisville at home, you know you're probably going to win that. So as I let's say I give you Florida, all right? Let's say I take away Ole Miss, I take away Tennessee, I take away Georgia. There's three losses. Tennessee because it's on the road, Ole Miss because it's on the road. Where's that fourth loss? I'm saying it's at Missouri. But guess what? If you lose at Florida in week two on September 10th, all of a sudden you could be looking at five losses. Because you could literally go over on the road here. Good defense, improved defense maybe. Will Levis running the offense? Is Chris Rodriguez going to play or not? You've got a decent stable of running backs, even if he doesn't, but none of them are Chris Rodriguez. Wide receiver by committee to replace Wandale Robinson. they got some talent there. Tight ends are good. Offensive line should be pretty good. Big blue wall worthy. Yeah, maybe. Defense going to be strong, as I mentioned, all three levels. But those four road games, Florida, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Missouri. That's it. You got eight home games here. You got eight home games. One of which is Georgia, but the other seven, unbelievably winnable. That stretch in mid-October with South Carolina at home and Mississippi State at home back-to-back weeks, man, you can't slip up there. You cannot slip up there if you're Kentucky. I think eight's a good number. I do. I think eight's a good number. Seven is possible. Nine is possible. Ten, I think you're you're stretching if you want ten. You're not going to beat Georgia. Probably not going to win in Knoxville. It doesn't happen very often. It has happened recently, but it doesn't happen very often. At Ole Miss, tough. At Florida, tough. So ten is really difficult for me to see Kentucky getting two in the regular season. Nine, I could see it. Seven, I could see it. I do think eight might be the perfect number. Louisville, six and a half. Now, Louisville was six back in July. Apparently, some money in Vegas has come in on Louisville to go over the six wins. That's why it would be at six and a half. It's a tough early schedule because you start with two road games. If you're Kentucky, you start with home, road, home, home. That's ideal. But Louisville, you start with two road games. Syracuse on a Friday night at a place that traditionally you have a lot of, a lot of success against. But, but it's still a uh, – fr- I'm sorry, it's Saturday night, September 3rd, 
8 o'clock ACC Network, night game on the road to open the season in conference. I don't care who you're playing. It's difficult. And then you go to Central Florida, a Central Florida team that should have beat you last year at Cardinal Stadium. Got a Cardinals got a gift given to them by the Golden Knights. That's tough. I'm trying to find seven wins here. I do want to bet the over because I do want to sit at these games and pull for the cards this year. Florida State is your first home game. Actually, I like that. If you're not 0-2, and I think you should beat Syracuse, but if you're not 0-2, crowd's going to be crazy for that Florida State game. ESPN game, 7.30 on a Friday night. I hate it because it interferes with high school football. I do. But national audience tuned into Cardinal football against the Seminoles. And you've had success against Florida State. South Florida at home, that's a win. At Boston College, should be a win, but you've always struggled in Chestnut Hill. At Virginia, eh. Pittsburgh, well, no Kenny Pickett, but Pitt expects to contend for the Coastal Division. Wake Forest at home, they're ranked in the top 25. Uh Uh-oh. James Madison, Sunbelt Conference, early you know, first couple years here in Division One A football, they dominated one double A. They were really good. That's why they're Division One now. But that's a home game on November fifth on a Saturday afternoon, probably a noon, probably a noon start. One of those ACC network games. Get it out of the way. You better be ready. At Clemson, we know what happens there. NC State at home. That might end up being the biggest game of the year for Scott for Scott Satterfield. NC State at home. You got Kentucky on the road the next week. That's that hasn't ended well recently. So your last three games at Clemson, NC State at home, and at Kentucky. I would advise Louisville to have six wins before that three game stretch. You better get that sixth win. And if you Bet over six and a half, and they've got six wins at that point. Nothing's guaranteed here. You got to beat Clemson or NC State or Kentucky. NC State, quarterback, preseason All-ACC first-team quarterback, Devin Leary. He's back. They're expected to challenge. They're expected to challenge Clemson in the Atlantic Division. Indiana, four wins. Yikes. I don't know what other word would come to mind here other than yikes. Four wins. And you got Idaho on the schedule, and you're expecting to go over four here. Look, I've said this before. Vegas knows a lot more than I do. You start with uh, Jim Lewis's Illinois Fighting Illini on Friday, September 2nd. Conference game at night, 8 o'clock at home. That's important on FS1 there. 8 o'clock opener at home conference game against Illinois. Guess what, Tom Allen? You better win that one. You better win that one. Because you got Idaho a week later, you're going to win that one. You got Western Kentucky a week after that. You should win that one at home. Indiana could be 3-0 and and their over-under total is 4. 
Think about that. Then you go to Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter's not there anymore. A couple of those all-American all defensive backs aren't there anymore. Cincinnati is, by the way, 24th in the AP poll top. I'm, I'm sorry, 23rd in the top 25. You go to Nebraska. Tom Osborne's not coming through that door. It's not your dad's Nebraska. So I look at these first five games and I go, man, they can win four, five question marks. Could they be over the four total by October 1st? Probably not. At Nebraska on October 1st. That's where your season is right there. That's it. Because you got Michigan at home. I don't care where you're playing Michigan. You're not winning that game. Maryland at home, much improved. At Rutgers. All right. You ready for these final four games of the year? You thought Louisville's final three were tough? Penn State at home, at the Buckeyes, at Sparty, Purdue at home. If I had to bet right now, I'd bet over based on those first five games, and then maybe you get Maryland at home or maybe you maybe you get Purdue at the end of the year. But right now I'm betting over on Indiana if it's four. Four and a half I might not, but I think they're going to get four wins. All right, let's take a break. We'll talk about Purdue's numbers when we come back, and I'm going to tell you the team that I love the over on. Get to your sports book immediately and bet the under on them because I love the over. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio, final segment of the day. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 384-1450, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, 414-1450. Get your last-minute text into the show. All right, here's my winner for the series. my winner of the year. You going to write this one down, Jim? You're not taping yeah. this, are you? We're not taping this. No, of course we? not. Okay. We don't want proof. Yeah, that's good. That's all. <laughs> that's always good for my gambling. We don't want proof. <laughs> North Carolina State over eight and a half. There it is. They're picked second behind Clemson in the Atlantic Division of the ACC. And here's the schedule, all right? Here are your non-conference games. First four out of the shoot. Now, first one's a road game, but it's at East Carolina. At East Carolina, that is Saturday, September 3rd. It's a noon game on ESPN. It's an interstate rivalry, I guess. NC State and East Carolina. East Carolina, by the way, is over under six and a half wins. So challenging, yes. But you got the the number one quarterback in the ACC. I'm giving NC State a win there. Charleston Southern at home, that's a win. Texas Tech at home. Now, that one's difficult. You got a Big 12 school coming in, but it's a Texas Tech team that is sort of expected to have a down year. Their over-under on wins is five. All right? So Texas Tech expected a down year as a home game for NC State. I'm calling that a win. That's 3-0. and Then you got Connecticut at home. Automatic. 
That's 4-0. You go to Clemson the following week, October 1st. You're going to lose that game. But if you win, all of a sudden you're the favorite to win the Atlantic Division. But I'm going to give Clemson that game. You're in Death Valley. They're hard to beat anywhere, much less at home, in a conference game that's probably going to be a primetime night game. So I'm going to give Clemson that win. You got Florida State at home. Florida State, I think, in the preseason was picked fourth uh, in the ACC. Let me look at that. I got it right here with me. No, they were picked to finish fifth behind Louisville in the Atlantic Division. So Florida State's still Florida State, but it's at NC State, probably coming off a loss to Clemson. I love the Wolfpack here. That's five. Syracuse, road game, Syracuse over-under is four. You're going to beat Syracuse if you're NC State. Uh, So how many wins is that? One, two, three, four, five. That's six wins already. Virginia Tech at home. Virginia Tech is unranked. Wake Forest at home. Now, Wake Forest is ranked top 20. Still picked below you in the conference by the media. And it's a home game for NC State. Boston College at home, that's a win. At Louisville, and I certainly hope it doesn't come down to this, but at Louisville, late in the season, it's a sandwich game for Louisville between Clemson and Kentucky. And even though it's a home game for the Cards, that is a tough sandwich to eat. We talk about sandwich games all the time. You come off a road, you come off a tough road game, you got another tough road game the next week, and you're at home against a team that, you know, nobody takes really seriously, but NC State could be, could have nine or ten wins by that point. And then you finish on the road at your arch rival, North Carolina. You don't play Pitt in the ACC, who's ranked. You don't play Miami in the ACC, who's ranked. That's two huge teams that you don't have to play in conference if you're NC State. So even if you lose to North Carolina the last game of the year, I've got you 10-2. and And if you lose one of these along the way, let's say Wake Forest at home, uh, or let's say you stumble on the road either at Louisville or at Syracuse or at Carolina at the end of the year, I got you with at least nine wins. I got you with 10. So that's my pick of the year here. Over eight and a half wins for NC State. You never thought you'd hear that today on the show, did you? Who's your pick of the year? NC State. Great quarterback, winning program, getting better and better every year, and the ACC may be a little bit down again this year. Maybe a little bit down, especially the bottom half of the conference. So there you go. There's my winner. All right, Purdue fans, seven is your number. Seven. Now, we'll be there opening night, Tony Burke and myself, September 1st, a Thursday night. Penn State comes to town. Yikes. Eight o'clock on Fox. That's not going to be easy. Um, I haven't even gone through Purdue's schedule before the show. So this is off the cuff, Jim. You know me. I'm just throwing heaters here. Just throwing uh, every once in a while, I'll throw you a curveball. But for the most part, here it is, trying to hit it. They're not going to beat Penn State at home. Now, they might. Remember the game a few years ago when Ohio State came in and Purdue trucked them? 
It happens. Jeff Brom can coach. Got a good quarterback. Got a, a, a uh, experienced veteran quarterback to run his system. Not sure Purdue can keep Penn State from putting up a big number on the scoreboard, though. Indiana State at home, that's a win. Then first road game for both Louisville and, and Purdue this year is at Syracuse. It's a weird game. Big Ten versus ACC, noon on ESPN2. Dangerous game, but I'm I like I just think Purdue's probably the better team here. So I'm gonna like I'm gonna go with Purdue. Florida Atlantic at home, that's a win. That makes them three and one. At Minnesota, that's one team they've had trouble against throughout the Brahm era. Minnesota. At Maryland, Nebraska at home. At Wisconsin, never easy. Iowa at home, never easy. At Illinois, well, we know that's a win, right, Jim? That's a win. Of course, that's yeah, a win. That's a Boilermaker win. We're taking home the, the – the, well, I forget what the trophy game is, but <laughs> we're taking that home. <laughs> no, you're not. Northwestern at home, and then you finish at Indiana. So let's say you beat Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern the last three games of the year. You got an Iowa toss-up. Let's give Purdue the win there. Give them a home win against Nebraska. That's five. FAU, Indiana State. There's your seven. At Syracuse, maybe. At Minnesota, maybe. Uh, Again, this is like the Kentucky eight. I think it's the right number. I think seven and five is the right number at Purdue if I go through each game here. Um, Maryland's going to be better than you're on the road. Wisconsin's always tough. They're ranked in the top 25. Iowa's unranked. You're playing them at home. Uh, Northwestern's unranked. You're playing them at home. That Minnesota game is interesting because, as I said, Jeff's always had trouble against Minnesota, whether it's in West Lafayette or uh, or on the road. Doesn't, doesn't matter. He's had trouble with Minnesota. They're rowing the boat in Minnesota. So there you go. Kentucky 8, I think it's the right number. Purdue 7, I think it's the right number. Louisville 6.5. I can see six. I can see seven. That's why that number is six and a half. Vegas knows what they're doing. Indiana four, look, they could be over that number by October 1st. But if they're not, they might not win another game. So that's that's scary. And, of course, my bet of the year, over eight and a half for NC State. Again, we're not recording this. You won't be able to prove that I – Went out on this very small limb. And if I go out on a small limb, if you've seen me, you know it breaks. But there you go. That's what I'm going with. We are 19 days away from Kentucky and Louisville's openers. 18 days away from Indiana's opener. 17 days away from Purdue's opener. Um, In fact, a week earlier, Western Kentucky gets going. By the way, the WKU number, if you're wondering, eight and a half. Expected to do some good things in Conference USA. All right, some other news and notes before I get out of here. NFL, first weekend of uh, exhibition games, preseason games. The big news, Zach Wilson, quarterback of the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 tore his meniscus and got a bone bruise. Had to be helped off the field. He's expected to miss two to four weeks, which gets us right into the beginning of the regular season. Do the Jets kick the tires now on Jimmy Garoppolo? Because this is what the 49ers are waiting on. 
we saw Trey Lance this weekend. He's going to be the starter. He's going to play the all the snaps unless he gets hurt in San Francisco. They're just looking for somebody that's going to give them some capital, some draft picks, some, some uh, you know, something back that's worth giving up Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G's got one year left on his contract. He'll be a free agent after this season. He wants to go somewhere and play right away. Now, the Zach Wilson injury, maybe he's back week one, week two at the latest. So maybe Jimmy G doesn't get a chance anyway. But this is a spot where if the Jets aren't confident that Zach Wilson can get back healthy, at least by the second game, maybe you put together a package and say to the Niners, hey, let's uh, we'll take Jimmy G off your hands for this year. Jimmy G has no say in where he goes here. This is not the NBA where you're Kevin Durant, you say wherever you want to go. So the Jets, it seems, always take a hit. They always take a hit. They're the punching boy. Joe Burrow practiced seven on seven for the first time yesterday after his appendectomy. That's good news, Bengals fans. I'm sure uh, nobody was allowed to touch Joe Burrow, but at least he got out there, threw the football, uh, engaged in things at camp with his teammates. That is good news. NBA Christmas Day games are out, and I know nobody cares right now, but I love I love the Christmas games. The interesting part is the Brooklyn Nets aren't playing on Christmas. And that tells me that, A, Kevin Durant's not going to be there when Christmas rolls around, and, B, Kyrie Irving's not going to be there when Christmas rolls around. The NBA tries to schedule Christmas Day games that you're going to watch. And if they thought Kyrie and Kevin Durant were going to be playing for the Nets on Christmas Day, the Nets would be playing on Christmas Day. But they're not. Bucks at Celtics, Sixers at Knicks. The Knicks always get to play on Christmas Day. It's sort of a punishment, I think. Uh, if you want to enjoy your Christmas, that's great, but you got to watch the Knicks. Santa Claus is not sending the Knicks to us, I can tell you that. Suns at Nuggets. Lakers at Mavericks. Lakers are a fixture. Well, LeBron's a fixture on Christmas Day. And Grizzlies at Warriors. That'll be the last game of the day. I'll be... Uh, you know, in a food coma in my recliner by then, but I want somebody to wake me up so I can watch John Morant and the Grizzlies against Steph Curry and the Warriors because that's the best game of the day. Will Zalatoris won the PGA Tour event yesterday, the FedEx St. Jude Classic, his first PGA Tour win. He's been close in a lot of majors, but he never won until yesterday. Fun. The fun part was Cameron Smith, the rumored live tour golfer. On Thursday... Uh, Scotty Scheffler walked through his line. On Saturday, he was assessed a two-stroke penalty from the day before because he misplaced a uh, a lost ball in the water when he dropped it. I don't know if a regular tour golfer would have been assessed these penalties, but Cameron Smith was. And now he is out of the BMW championship with what his agent says is a hip injury. Doesn't mean he won't play in the tour championship. The finals of the FedEx Cups the week after that but he is going to sit out the BMW championship. I right, don't forget seven o'clock tonight, high school preview show, Matt Dennison, high school, uh, Indiana high school football preview. All eight local coaches will be on that seven o'clock tonight, right here on the big X. I'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll talk some Albert Pujols. Yeah. Listening Spears on sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the big X.